0: Matthew chapter 20. We have been studying the parables of our Lord. This is our fifth lesson on parables. So far we have looked at seven parables altogether. We looked at the parable of the sower. We looked at the parable of tares among the wheat, the mustard seed, the leaven, the hidden treasure, the costly pearl, and the dragnet. These parables have been mostly concerned with the kingdom of heaven. As we mentioned in the beginning, in our introduction to the parables, one way to um, categorize the parables is in in these three divisions, that being the kingdom of heaven, the king, and then the members or the subjects of the kingdom. It's a very general kind of way to to categorize them, but that's kind of the framework I've been using as we're going through these. So tonight we'll look at another parable about the kingdom, and this is the the parable of the laborers in the vineyard that we have here recorded for us in Matthew chapter 20. So let's start off by reading the parable, and then we'll come back and summarize, discuss a few details about it, and of course we'll be looking for the message of the parable which, as we've talked about also in our introduction, is the most important part. The details of the parable are there to serve the story. They're there to, to paint the picture. But the real message is in, is in the overall um, lesson that we learn from the parable. That's what we're, we're most interested in. So let's read the parable here, beginning in verse 1, from chapter 20 in Matthew. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius for the day, he sent them into the vineyard. And he went about in the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to those he said, you too go into the vineyard, and whatever is right I will give you. And so they went. Again he went out about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, and did the same thing. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing, and he said to them, Why have you been standing here idle all day long? They said to him, Because no one hired us. He said to them, You too go into the vineyard. And when evening had come, the owner of the, uh, of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last group to the first." And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each one received a denarius. And when those hired first came, they thought that they would receive more, and they also received one, uh, each one a denarius. And, they rec- and when they received it, they grumbled at the landowner, saying, These last men have worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden and the scorching heat of the day. But he answered and said to them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what is yours and go your way. But I wish to give to this last man the same as to you. Is it not lawful for me to do what I wish with, with what is my own? Or is your eye envious because I am generous? Thus the last shall be first and the first last." So let's talk about this. Let's summarize this a little bit. Let's look at the details about the parable. First we see a landowner. He goes out and he hires these laborers to work in his vineyard. And they agreed to work for a denarius. And if you remember about a denarius, a denarius is equal to a day's wage. So the landowner goes out and he finds others who weren't doing anything. He'd hired those first laborers and put them in his vineyard. And he goes out and he finds more that weren't doing anything, so he hires them as well. And this was about the third hour, it says from the, from the parable. If you remember how Jews tell time, they start with the hour of 6 a.m. So the third hour would be 9 a.m. So they agreed that they would be paid for their work that they're going to do for the rest of the day, but it, an amount was not specified. So the landowner then goes and does this again for the 6th hour, which would have been 12 noon, for the ninth hour, which would have been 3 p.m., and then also in the 11th hour, which would have been 5 p.m. So all throughout the day, he is hiring these laborers to go into his vineyard and work. So at the end of the day, the landowner tells his foreman to call in all the laborers and to pay them. pay them for the work that they had done in that day. And he specifies that he is to start with the last, hired, and then go to the first. Each of them received a denarius. Each of them, even the ones that were hired in the eleventh hour, they received a day's wage, along with those who were hired early in the morning. The ones hired first were upset with this. They thought they would receive more, even though they had agreed upon a price. Remember, these first ones that he contracted with, if we can use that term, they agreed upon the denarius, which is a day's wage. But seeing the others getting paid for less work, they thought the landowner might give them more. But the landowner corrects them and says, Look, this is is my land. I can do what I want to with it. I wish to pay them more or pay them the same for a a smaller amount of work, then I'm free to do that. And he paid them all equally. That's the way he wanted it to do. And he specified that I want the ones that came in last to be paid first, which is interesting and we'll talk about that a little bit more. So here's the story for us. Here it is laid out. The parable. Remember a parable means a casting alongside. So We have an earthly story that's going to give us a heavenly meaning or spiritual meaning. And so what is that spiritual meaning? What is the message that comes through from this parable? With this one, I think it's important for us to understand um, the context in which this parable is spoke. Look back in chapter 19, in verse 27. Peter, as he often does, Ask the Lord a question. In chapter 19, verse 27, he says, And Peter answered and said to him, Behold, we have left everything and followed you. What then will there be for us? And Jesus answers him in the following verses, verses 28 through 30. And Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, that you who have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you also shall sit upon the 12 thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or farms for my name's sake shall receive many times as much and shall inherit eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last first compare that verse verse 30 there in chapter 30 uh, chapter 19 with verse 16 in chapter 20. Verse 16 chapter 20 says, Thus the last shall be first, and the first last. So we have these bookends that contain this parable. So it seems that the parable here is used to further illustrate or to expand upon the answer that the Lord gave to Peter when he asked him, We have left all. What what will there be for us? So the message, therefore, is about the time in which the various people will enter the kingdom. Jesus is stressing this by by this, this idea of many who are first will be last and the last first. And remember when the landowner goes to pay the, um, the laborers, he tells his foreman to pay the first one, the last one's hired first. The message, therefore, is about the time in which the various people will enter the kingdom. For Peter and the other apostles, they were early in joining Jesus in his ministry. We understand that. They would be like those who were hired early in the morning. Look back in in verse 28 there, chapter 9, 19. Truly I say to you that you who have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne. You also shall sit upon the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. He's talking about the apostles there. We know from other scripture about their position in heaven of judging the 12 tribes of Israel, and that is judging God's elect. So these are the first to enter into the kingdom. They're his apostles. And their wage that they would receive was great. Look what they have sitting on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel, judging God's elect. This is the wage, if you will, for their service in the kingdom. But there would be more that would come after them, obviously. They were to go out and spread the word of the kingdom, to grow the boundaries of the kingdom. So there's going to be others that are entering in at certain times. These would be like those who were hired later in the day. We have those apostles that were early in the morning, and then the rest would be throughout the day coming into the kingdom. And their reward will be great as well. It says there in um, verse 29 of chapter 19, And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or fathers, or mothers, or children, or farms, for, uh, for my name's sake, shall receive many times as much. Yours might say there a hundredfold. In the parallel passage of this in Mark chapter 10, Mark adds, um, the reward will be in the present age. So we understand that the the rewards he's talking about here are the the rewards that we receive while we're here on earth. And then he talks about also they will receive eternal life at the end of this age. So not only is there um, reward for the life that they have in this lifetime, but there's a reward of eternal life when this life is over. So as the apostles had a reward... So do the rest of those who enter into the kingdom after them. And this is true today. The same thing is true for us. There are those who enter the kingdom early in their lives. Think about those who might have grown up in the church. Those who might at a very early age rendered obedience in baptism, become a part of the kingdom. And then they spend their life, the rest of their life laboring in that vineyard. Those are the ones who entered early. Those are the ones who were hired early in the morning. And then there are those who enter later, later in life. I myself entered later in life, in my late 20s. I'm one of those that came into the vineyard later on in my life. And throughout the rest of my life, there will be some that are coming into the kingdom. Sadly, there will be those who fall out of the kingdom. But it makes sense that there's going to be This constant adding to the kingdom as we go through our lives. And the reward for us is the same. Each one of us sitting in this room, if we are faithful to God and to death, we receive the crown of life. So while Junie has been a member of the kingdom for a lot longer than I have, our reward is the same. Junie has labored many years in the kingdom, many years in the vineyard. But our reward would be the same. So what can we glean from this? If If we see the message of the parable about the timing of those coming into the kingdom, what then do we draw out of that for ourselves? Well, first we can understand and accept that people will enter the kingdom at different times in their lives. We have to understand it and we have to accept it. Some will come in early in their lives, some late. But we must not be envious of those new laborers. Those will be new converts. We can't be envious of them. Maybe we have labored many years. In the parable, those hired first talked about how they labored in in the heat of the day. If we've labored for many years, we might have that attitude. That look, we've been working here hard throughout our lives in the heat of the day. And here come these in the eleventh hour, and they're going to share in the same blessings that I do? It doesn't matter. God has deemed it to be this way. God has deemed that we will all each share equally in the blessings that he's bestowed upon us. So we must embrace these new laborers as brothers and sisters, and more importantly as fellow heirs, they also stand to inherit the kingdom when this life is over. The kingdom of heaven. That life eternal in heaven. The second thing we can glean from this is that we don't have the, the, the right to answer back to God. I talked about that this morning in our lesson about the, the potter and the clay. The vineyard belongs to him. The vineyard belongs to the landowner. So he gets to make the rules. He gets to decide what the wage is going to be for those who work all day or for those who work for a few hours. He gets to decide how he will call the laborers, and he gets to decide what their wage will be. That goes along with being the landowner. Third, we can understand that each of us will receive a reward that is fair. Those more seasoned in the faith know what the agreed wage is. As we mature in our faith, we understand what the wage is. The wage for our labors in the vineyard is for eternal life in heaven. So really there should be a deeper appreciation from those who have labored longer understanding and, and knowing more about heaven as you read more of scripture and understand it more. But the new laborers receive the same reward. They get the same thing, even though they may not have been in the, in the, in the kingdom very long, in the vineyard very long. But this parable should help us appreciate how God sees his children equal in his sight, with no favorites. This is how God views his children. There are no favorites in the kingdom. We'll all receive that same wage if we have been found faithful in the end. Jesus, as he often does, uses an opportunity here from a question that one of his apostles gives him. And he uses this uh, occasion to address the notion that some might have a higher rank in the kingdom than others you can kind of tell by what Peter is asking here and the way he frames his question he says behold we have left everything and followed you what then will there be for us there's a certain expectation in his question because at the beginning of it he says we've left everything how are you going to replace that what's in it for us it seems that this was something that was on the apostles' minds. And it's human nature. We can understand what they were driving at, understand what they were maybe getting at. In Matthew 18, and verse 1, it says, At, the ti- at that time the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Similarly, in Luke 22, and verse 24, And there arose also a dispute among them as to which one of them was regarded to be greatest. This was taking place during the Last Supper. They were sitting around the table, wondering which of them was going to be the greatest. Jesus takes this op- an opportunity, when Peter asked this question, to let him know we're all equal in the kingdom. No one is to c- consider him or herself higher than anyone else. The reward to all is great, regardless of how long you have been a Christian, regardless of how long you've been in the kingdom. The reward is the same. But one thing is for sure. That there is no reward for those who are outside the kingdom. As we learned in the previous parables, with the tares among the wheat and the dragnet, There's a time coming when those outside the kingdom will be separated from those who are inside. Remember in the tares among the wheat, the landowner said, let them grow up together, and at the time of the harvest, we'll separate the tares and throw them in the fire, and the wheat will be gathered into my barn. With the dragnet, they cast the net out, and they pulled in all kinds of fish. The ones that were useful, they put in the containers, and the others they threw back. There's a separation that's coming. Those who are outside the kingdom will be separated from those who are inside the kingdom. So the question comes down to us. Are you inside? Are you outside the kingdom? If you're inside and you have stumbled and fallen and lost your way, you're not laboring in the vineyard as you should. You may need to make a correction. Make sure you are providing the landowner with the proper day's work for his proper wage. If you're outside the kingdom, you need to be inside the kingdom to enjoy these blessings. There's no other way to get into that. There's no other way to come into the kingdom except through Jesus Christ. Through surrender and baptism. So it comes down to that question, are you inside the kingdom or outside? If you have needs of this congregation, we can help you. Love to study with you. Love to help you. Love to pray for you. Anything that we might be able to do. You can let your requests be known by coming forward as we stand and sing to encourage you.